Welcome back, folks. I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. While companies think they can lure people in with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you can get and keep them. Snackwalls is powered by San Diego Code School, a social enterprise committed to developing tech equity through our groundbreaking apprenticeship program, backed by a profitable tech services company. Our business model is to bring diversity into development by providing quality software services at a significant cost savings. So we put appropriate level projects in the hands of software engineers with our oversight and make it all happen. I'm gonna throw it over to our special guest today in a few sentences. Can you tell us who you are and what it is that you do? Certainly, uh, thanks Mike. Um, my name is Larry Apke, I'm an agile coach by day. That's my day job. I also run a nonprofit called The Job Hackers um, where my official title is Chief Agile Officer. Uh, it's a nice thing when you get to choose your own title so you can make anything yes. up. Um, and what we do is uh, we teach people Agile and Scrum uh, for free uh, to help upskill them and, and, and help place them in, in meaningful work. Um, you know, 95% plus uh, of our population, they're people who are unemployed, uh, which is a big problem, obviously, now uh, with the pandemic. We found that by giving them a little bit of information through a class that we call our Agile MBA, um, that it helps them with the interviews, it helps them with understanding Agile and Scrum, and it helps them to, to actually get work. Uh, the interesting thing for um, your listeners uh, with regards to diversity um, is we have a really interesting demographic that we serve. Um, we do not uh, pre-screen anyone. Uh, we feel that if you feel you can you know, take advantage of what we do, we allow you in. So uh, over 60%, almost two thirds of our participants are women, which you don't see in tech very often. That's correct. Um, and over 50% of our current class are people of color. Um, and we continue to do outreach into under, uh, you know, underserved communities uh, through a lot of the work that we do with our partnering um, with a bunch of different places. So it, it's an interesting demographic. And, and the average age, uh, these are professionals, is 43 for those who actually uh, admit their age uh, because right. they don't have to. So it might even be older. So um, we're hitting a really interesting um, group of people. And I think, you know, we're doing a, a good job of helping people understand Agile and Scrum and, and therefore get work. Awesome. I mean, I love the aspect of the fact that you can create a tremendous amount of skill for folks in, I'm assuming, a fairly short. How long is your uh, program? Yeah, the class is structured in, in a six-week schedule. Um, okay. So we're looking at 18 hours total. It's Tuesday and Thursday mornings from 7.30 to 9. Uh, there's some reasons for it, but one of the biggest reason is, is most of the time I have a day job. I'm, I'm actually one of the corona, corona casualties right now, and I'm looking for work, but uh, I, I expect hopefully that won't last very long. And, and when I get my day job again, uh, I need to be able to, to do my nonprofit work in, in my day job as well. Uh, one of them is my, well, both of them are my passions, but one of them I get paid for and the other one, uh, I don't. So <laughs> I need sure. to keep the lights on uh, by having a day job. Absolutely. So I, I love the mission. It, it, it aligns real well with what we're doing. So I'm sure we'll have conversations afterwards. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and just briefly, uh, Mike, I, 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 you know, the work that you're doing is the work that I for, for, you know, foresaw us doing um, when we started. We just started with, uh, you know, Scrum Masters and Agile Scrum because it was the quickest sure. way to get to where we're going. But I believe that, you know, creating full teams and, and doing the work of, of training people in software development and technology and the work that you're doing um, 
is is where we would like to be as well because it just has the potential to affect so many people positively. So I, awesome. I just kudos, kudos to you and the work that you all are doing. All right, stop, stop <laughs> trying to butter up the host. So let, let's jump into the conversation about diversity and inclusion. So I'm hearing from some leaders that finding diverse talent is a challenge. What are your thoughts? I think I think it is uh, for a lot of people. It is a challenge, but I, I think systemically they're not looking at changing their systems uh, enough, and this is part of the problem. Um, you know, when when we look at uh, the diversity of the program that I have. The reason that we have that diversity is we don't do the pre-screening. And a lot of companies are doing that pre-screening. They're not giving people the chance through apprenticeship and internship and other means um, to bring in people who, who might not have an, you know, the experience. So the, the biggest thing we're seeing is that experience, you know, the quote-unquote experience factor, is keeping a lot of people out. Um, you, know, you, you, can't get you can't get the job without experience. You can't get experience without the job. So um, it's incumbent upon companies to understand that this is the, the, you know, I talk a lot about theory of constraints. This is the constraint, the big constraint in the system. Until we fix that constraint, we're not going to fix the system. Um, so that's the big, that's the big problem is, is, is the way that they're viewing the problem. I talk a lot about this in my class, you know, the mental models we use. Um, the way they're viewing the problem is, is not helpful to the problem. They need to view it differently and they need to start behaving differently as a result, which is let's take people in and give them that training and give them that experience so that we can actually achieve the diversity that we need. Cause it's not happening now um, in the yeah, school absolutely. It's happening any other way. I think it's completely broken. So I agree. It's the lens through which you're, you're viewing this uh, yeah. problem. So um, what do you think about the path of removing or the, the idea of removing CS degrees from the requirements for tech roles? What, what, the, does that concept resonate with you? Yeah, I, you know, I'm fine with it. Um, it. This hits close to home. And I, and again, I don't want to talk ill of, of certain people. There, there's a lot of people out there trying to do the right thing. And, and sometimes we fall short. My son got a CS degree. Um, but I work actively. I've been in you know, software development for 30 years. Um, you know, and I sat down with him. Uh, his name is Igor. I said, Igor, you know, did they teach you this? And did they teach you this? Did they teach you this? And, and, and the answer, these are the things that you needed to know to actually sure. get a job. And they didn't teach it to him. Right. Right. So so I'm saying to myself, you know, one is what are we paying this money for? Um, you know, of course, he's got a good job in tech now and, and everything. But but, you know, they're not hit. They're not doing the things that are necessary for, for people to to be successful um, actually right. in the real world. So there is a big disconnect there. So I'm not a huge fan of CS degrees. I've worked with 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 uh, not that they're bad, but I've worked with great developers who didn't have them. So it's not a guarantee that you're going to, to be able to do the job and, and they need to do a better job of getting people actually ready to do the real job, not the, you know, theoretical job. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm fascinated by things like the, the cooperative education models so that you can actually close some of those skill gaps, right? So you can have that theoretical, you know, a lot of that computational thinking, a lot of that, you know, getting sort of the art and science part down, but then getting some more practice with your hands on the keyboard, I think is, is truly critical. To your point, if you come out of college and you don't have the ability to you know, communicate on cross-functional teams, you don't have the ability to effectively plan out for projects, you don't have the ability to use systems like version control and right. workflow, 
It's yeah. like, okay, I can't put you on the team yet. Like I now I have to like start at square one and really actually put you through some of our own internal training before right. I can actually get you productive in our, inside of our code base. So yeah, I think no, it's really absolutely. weird. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, you know, when I started job hackers, I said, you know, just like you did, you know, we looked around, I looked around, you looked around, you said, there's some things broken. I'm going to do what I can to, to fix certain pieces of it that I have control or knowledge or ability. Um, and this is one of them. I mean, I have a lot of beefs with how we even do computer science and how we teach people to code. I, you know, most of the time we spend with code, we spend actually, you know, working on somebody else's code in the sure. real world. Yep. Why do we teach people to write code? We should be, teach people more how to read code. We should teach people more how to write good code that other people can read. We need to teach people how to, to work, you know, with existing software and not write things from scratch. It's easy. Anybody can do that. You know, so there's, there's a lot of gaps and there's a lot of places where we just fall down. And, and it's, it's a disservice in some respects to the, to the people uh, who are paying for these degrees. We can do a better job. We should do a better job. So that being said, do you think an apprenticeship pattern would work in software engineering? I think it's, I think it's the best thing in, that you can find in the world because you're, right. you're working with people. You're working with teams. I mean, there's this concept uh, that's, that, that's not new to me, but I just, I'm always reading books. And I'm reading a book about you know, making a dojo, I think, I forget, I think that's the name of it. Um, and it talks about, you know, how do we actually learn things? We learn things, you know, socially, we learn things together. We learn things by doing real things, not theoretical things. We get experience by doing that. Um, there's so much that we need to learn by doing, and, and we've missed that boat almost completely. And, and how we, you know, do technology and computer science and software development, much to the detriment of the, the people doing the work and the companies who are trying to service Absolutely. the needs of the customer. I mean, we all work with, you know, somewhat crappy software. And, and the reason being is we could do a better job of, you know, getting people working in real world settings and, and, and uh, learning how to do that. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. So who is somebody like yourself? Actually, before you, let's talk about what would you, what advice would you share with companies that are looking to retain diverse staff? So we talked about getting them trained, talked about sort of connecting and getting them in the organizations. How do you retain diverse staff once they're on board? Well, that's a good question. I don't know if I can really speak as much to that. I, I don't okay. consider myself a diversity and inclusion expert. I, I just am somebody who who's trying to do what I consider the right things and, and found out that the things that I'm doing attracts people from diverse backgrounds. Um, and, and, and the reason, again, because we don't pre-screen. Um, so I think a lot of it, again, you know, for me, it comes back to these mental models. And it's a lot about what I teach in, in my Agile MBA is, is how we view the world determines the world itself because we, can, sure. we cannot live outside of our perception. Um, so we have to change those things and, and we need diversity. Um, science tells us we need diversity. We need people with different ideas. Um, so we have to work at it because it's not natural to us. So um, one of the things is remove the barriers to it, which is what Absolutely. we've done. And, and I would assume that if I had a problem with, with retaining people of, of, diverse, uh, of diversity in, in backgrounds, I would tell them on a daily basis how much we need that and, and make that part of our, our cultural DNA. I don't think, it, I don't think we're there yet. Um, it goes against actually the way we evolved as humans, our, our, our mental capacities, our biases. Sure. We have to fight against them and, and we don't always win that right. fight. And especially I think inside of organizations, that diversity of thought is super helpful. There's a unique yep. aspect to software development, which is we're solving problems for businesses. We do it through writing software, but in essence, we're just solving problems. And so yep. you have a diversity of thought 
it's just faster for you to get to solutions because you're going to try more things. You're going to think out of the box. You're going to have more creative solutions and you should be able to drive to, you know, what's going to make your customers happier faster. So right. I get it. And it, well, here's the thing too, that the, maybe some of the folks who are listening in need to pay attention. The world that we're living in today is sometimes described as the VUCA world or the complex world, the volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous world. It benefits from feedback. This is what I teach in my class. And that feedback has to be accurate. It has to be actionable. There's all kinds of things about the feedback. But, but, but it's different ways of viewing the world that help us to get closer to objective reality. This, this is not what we normally do. We usually like people who agree with us, et cetera, et cetera. We don't foster it um, because we didn't evolve for this world. This knowledge-based world we're in is new. Right. Our brains aren't really ready for it. So we have to overcome that you know, through, through thinking. You know, and looking at the world differently and, and thinking differently and, and most, you know, trying to get somebody to think differently. That's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> and we haven't been very successful with it. I mean, I look at you know, the social problems that we're having currently um, as a reflection of the fact that, that we don't change systems. And the reason we don't change systems is we don't change the way we think right. um, because we don't uh, so many. There's a lot of people who don't see a problem. Well, and many of us just struggle. Like when we're younger, we're a lot more malleable. We're a lot more open to changing. And I think we all recognize the older you get, the more resistant you are to change and doing things that make you feel uncomfortable. You get that sense of security and sense of like, well, I know how this works. So I'm just going to do it this way because this is my way of doing it. <laughs> there's a lot. And, and this, this is a concept that we talk about in the class called Kinevin, which, which says basically there's different types of work. So, you know, if the work that we're doing is simple, or the work that we're doing is merely complicated, these kind of, this kind of thinking works well for us. But once you move into this more complex realm, which is, which is where software development is, you know, this is why Agile and Scrum sure. came about, you know, is to deal with complexity. Um, it's a different world. And the way that we need to, to, to conceptualize it is different. Um, and the way that we need to behave within it is different uh, based on that, you know, different conceptualization. And for me, you know, Everything that I'm doing in the, in the Agile world is just to help people, really, in the end. Sure. I think if you see the world more clearly, you're going to behave differently. And, and it's going to be more effective for you. Absolutely. A, 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 not only as an individual, but as a team, as a society, et cetera. Yeah. And that's so, what counts, right? Results. At the end of the day, is like, does this make my performance better? And if it does, great. Let's turn up the good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this is part of the empiricism that is part of Agile is, you know, keep doing different things and then figure out what's going to work. And you, you will get there quicker, much, much quicker, because there is not one answer. There, sure, there, sure. Are, there are so many different ways to attack the problem. And we need, then we need different people with different viewpoints to attack the problem differently. This is, this is the argument for diversity. It's diversity of ideas and mental models. Absolutely. So who is someone like yourself that you'd like to acknowledge as maybe a leader and should be involved to be a guest or should be invited to be a guest on a program like this? Oh, gosh, there's, there's just so many. And, and when you look at the world of agile and, and the world of ideas, um, sure. which, which that's what it is to me, because agile is a philosophy. Um, this concept of Kinevin comes to us from David Snowden. I, I would say that this is this is somebody who um, is a great uh, person to bring on to the show and, and talk about you know this this complex world that we live in and, and why the things that that I'm doing and the and the things that you're doing through apprenticeships are things that are good things to do in this complex world. Um, I think he would awesome. be great. All right, he's on the radar. We're gonna, we're gonna see if we can get him good. on the program. Excellent. So, where can we find out more information about your organization? And this is a great time to promote anything that you're working on. Yeah, the the great. It's uh, called the Job Hackers. 
So you okay. can find us on, on the web like everybody else. It's thejobhackers.org. Um, and um, our big thing is our Agile MBA program. We're in the middle of one of those six-week cycles. The next class will begin October 13th and run for, for six weeks. Um, we are accepting, you know, people are uh, going to the website and filling out a form to show their interest, and we'll start enrollment around the beginning of October, end of September uh, for the okay. next class. Um, and, and it just my plug for the class is this. It's, it's a lot of word of mouth. I mean, when, when you talk about a class, you, you, you don't understand the size and scope of what we're doing, but we're international now because everything's on Zoom. We had 300, almost 300, I think it was 288 or 290 people enroll in our class. Um, we get anywhere from 150 to 175 people in each class, obviously, because there's people who drop out and people who have th other things to do on a consistent basis. I mean, this is a huge undertaking of, of what we're doing. We gave away a, a buyer estimate over $2 million worth of free training so far in our existence. And we've only been around for a couple of years. That's amazing. I love it. I love seeing that, you know, people are willing to put great content out there and really embrace getting it into as many hands as possible to make, you know, use out of that knowledge. That knowledge sharing, I think is super helpful, um, especially in terms of helping people to just, you know, transition careers. So it sounds like, People that are in that 45 spot are folks that are probably working, right, or had, have been in a career mode and now looking to sort of shift and pivot into something that can kind of give them that second or third career boost and get, you know, get started with something else. So that's just yeah. fantastic. No, absolutely. And, and the, the nice thing, we keep track as much as we can. Uh, about 40% of the people we were able to track get a job within 90 days of, of taking the class. And those are pretty strong numbers for workforce development. Sure. The other thing that's interesting when we talk numbers is that we do this on a on a minuscule budget. I, I think dollar for dollar, we're one of the most effective nonprofits out there um, because we're doing all of this work. And if you look, the numbers are pretty gaudy numbers on less than $10,000 operating budget per year. Um, wow. You can barely get office space in San Francisco, which is where we are um, for a month for that. So, you know, we're, we're just, just imagine, I always say, just imagine if we had a little bit more money, um, sure. how many more people we could reach and how many more people could we benefit, you know, positively. Um, so that's certainly one thing. Uh, if you have a checkbook, uh, we wouldn't mind a check for those folks who are listening, but either Absolutely. way, we're out there. It sounds like people. So you're, you're a nonprofit, right? You're a 501c3? 501c3 nonprofit, indeed. Awesome. So they get a tax write-off as well. So this is a great place for you to put yep. some of those dollars to work. Yep. Like absolutely. It. So final question. This is a toughie. What have you been snacking on lately? What's your favorite snack? My favorite snack, and I, I, it's not probably not good for me, is, is uh, there's these little, uh, at Costco, you get these little dried fruit candies or whatever they are. Um, okay. And I've been snacking the heck out of those. I got a Costco. So it probably comes in a jumbo size container, which is probably we, not helpful. We, we got a jumbo size family. <laughs> <laughs> And we've got a lot of mouths to feed. So I end up eating a lot of them and, and probably too many, but it's great. And, and I love the, the snack walls. We've, uh, I snack too much, but, uh, you know, it's good. What are you going to do during the, the pandemic? Good perk, right? It's good benefit. So absolutely. Awesome. So can you give us that website one more time? And I'll also put it in the show notes. What's your website? Yeah, absolutely. It's thejobhackers.org. All right. Thanks a lot, Larry. Appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. And, and all the best to you and, and your, your folks down there. And, and it's just uh, great being with you and, and having a chance to talk. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And for everybody else watching on the interwebs, make sure you like, subscribe, and check out more episodes of Snackball. I'm Mike Roberts. Until next time, peace. 
The San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snackwalls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The tech-enabled apprenticeship program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash sdcs.io. 